I partied so hard for over 10 years, and I am kind of done with it. <laughs> Hello, my name's Kay Anderson, and you are listening to Lost Spaces, the podcast that mourns the death of queer nightlife. Every episode, I talk to a different person about a venue from their past, the memories that they created there, and the people that they used to know. So, okay, this is a bit of a weird thing for me to admit, but before this week's conversation, I knew what polyamory was. Obviously, I knew what polyamory was. I knew how it worked and what went on with the different people and things, but I had never really considered the fact that There's like this whole subculture around it and there are all of these specific terms and ways to explain the concepts of things that happen within those types of relationships. And I feel kind of dumb. But this week's conversation really illuminated that for me and gave me a bit more lingo, a bit more language and a few things to play about with, you know, just drop into casual conversation and see how people respond So who was it that enlightened me? Well, it was Canadian stand-up comedian Rush Kazi, who joined me to share stories about Zelda's, which was a diner that could be found in Toronto's neighborhood in the 90s and the noughties. Along the way, we talk about biphobia and how that's changed over the years, the best way to prevent UTIs, I get all the tips, and how to dump 15 people simultaneously via text message. Why don't we get into it? You know how I found out I was queer? This is really silly. Do you want to know? Yeah, of course. Okay, so have you ever seen Jerry Springer? Yes. Okay, so I don't know. I don't know what people have seen, right? Uh, But I was watching an episode with my mom because this is what we did. We stayed up really late watching Jerry Springer and um, what is it called? Uh, Married with Children. Anyway, so there's an episode of Jerry Springer and it's like this guy who's been in a relationship for six years with his girlfriend, but he has a secret and obviously the secret you got to reveal on TV, right? Mm -hmm. And his secret is he's bi and he's been seeing a man for three of those six years and she's all upset and then his, his boyfriend comes out and the boyfriend's like, I actually have a secret for you. I've been seeing a woman for the last one and a half years. I'm like, what? And then he brings the woman out and it's like, I have a secret for you. I've been seeing a woman for the last whatever half of one and a half years is, okay? And then it kept going until I got to like three month increments. It was really stupid. And then they all like got really upset at each other and threw a bunch of chairs at each other, you know, the deal. And I'm like, oh, my God. And you were like, I want this life. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't like that. I was just like, oh, my God, this would be so much easier if they all were just, like, upfront gay and not committed to each other. But, like, uh, there was, like, a weird thing where, like, I got, like, a weird, like, I, I think I saw a porn scrambled and I got turned on by a boob and I was started crying because I'm like, oh, no, I'm like those chair people now. Um, <laughs> but... I, I mean, I'm very polyamorous and very pansexual, so I guess maybe maybe Jerry Springer did it. Who knows? Ah. <laughs> 
but, but, but okay so you had the, this moment of realization whilst watching this unfold this kind of russian doll of relationships mm -hmm. unfolding and you had the thought like oh it'd just be so much simpler if they were all honest in the first place but did you then trace that back to yourself yeah yeah, because I thought about the scrambled porn and the sadness. <laughs> oh, so the boob came before Jerry Springer. The boob came before, but it didn't have like a realization. You know what I mean? Well, I would say crying tips you off. No, the crying happened. <laughs> uh, I think maybe I, I said that wrong. I think the crying happened after the Jerry Springer. The boob happened before and it wasn't like a connection. It was like a post boob stress yeah. response. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I've had those. I understand. <laughs> Wait, so then for you, polyamory was an out the gate thing? No, 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 no. I just decided to treat sex in a way that wasn't important because I saw how much pain it could cause. But being poly, I didn't have, first of all, the language around it. And I would, might have been non-monogamous, but I don't think it was very ethical at the time. Mm -hmm. I think every relationship I've ever been in, I cheated. It, it's in, only in my marriage. Like, right before I got married, uh, I was talking to my husband. I'm like, hey, we're, we're not getting younger, right? He's like, you're right. I'm like, I don't think we're going to get any hotter. He's like, I don't know, speak for yourself. I'm like, whatever. Anyway, let's start fucking other people. <laughs> And so the polyamory thing now is very, very established and pretty good. Though I'm pretty lazy, so I can't, I don't have the mind, like the time to date a bunch of people at this point. Oh, yeah. That's the thing that doesn't make sense for me. I mean, it's the time, but then it's also investing in the activities that you would do with each other. Yeah, like dates. I mean, a date can be anything. A date could just be going over someone's place, watching Netflix and chilling, right? But, like, it's just that time is a lot of time, especially when you're trying to, like, make it in, like, an entertainment sort of field. <laughs> and, mm. Like, what do I prioritize? I'm definitely married, so I should prioritize my spouse. But, like, what about... I dumped, like, 15 people in a fuckboy way, like, one mass text, like, <laughs> at one point, just to be like, I can't, I need to focus on, like, comedy. Wait, when you were getting engaged or just like some random point in time? No, this is just a couple of years ago. <laughs> did you like send the message to everyone or did you copy and paste? It was basically a copy pasta. Yeah. It's oh. like, but I meant it. It was sincere. It was one of those, it's not you, it's definitely me. <laughs> did you like personalize it by adding their names or anything? No. No, no, no. That's a risk I couldn't take. <laughs> if I by mistake put the wrong name in, are you kidding me? Like, but it would help them get over you faster because they'd be like, "She's a bitch." Well, I don't want them to think I'm a bitch either. What if I, you know, you want to keep these doors open, like in case you want to see someone in the future. At some point in the future, yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm not thinking this through. I'm sorry. But then, did you just have like 16 conversations on the go with people responding? Because that sounds stressful. Uh, it was. I also have bipolar disorder, and I think I was in one of my manic phases, so I wasn't really sleeping much. So is that a good thing, then? Because you could respond, or? Uh, or you weren't sleeping much, so it was stressful. I wasn't stressful. sleeping much, so I had more time, and I was able to manage it easier, as much as, like, mental illnesses. Like, as far as mental illness is concerned, this is one of the superpowers of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Those moments of hyper-focus. Mm -hmm. So how did we get here? Hang on. Jerry Springer and the boob. Right. Polyamory. And well, polyamory, cheating. You were asking me if I was polyamorous at the gate. And I'm like, no, because I didn't have the language or the structure for it. So I did mm -hmm. it wrong. 
And if you do it wrong, it's called cheating. So, <laughs> <laughs> but so where did you find the language? My sister is um, Polly, and they introduced me to a bunch of people who were already Polly. Like I was going to a bunch of parties with a bunch of Polly people. Mm-hmm. And it was weird. I was just like, huh, it's me and my husband are the only monogamous people here. And then I'm like, I am very interested in what they're doing. And um, yeah, pretty easily done that way. And then did you like talk to someone about it or was it all thanks to Wikipedia? I talked to people, Google. There's a book called, what is it called? More Than Two? Let me see. Yeah, there's a book called More Than Two, which is like a polyamory handbook. Mm-hmm. I was referred to that, but I didn't read the book. I just went on, there's like a website version of it and I read that. And yeah. <laughs> the bullet points. And and yeah, yeah. what was the conversation with your husband like? It was literally that. It's like, hey, <laughs> we're not getting any younger. We're not getting any hotter. We want to fuck other people. And he seemed down, but I don't think he fully understood what it meant at first because I think he thought it was just like, we will just see women separately and together. And I'm like, no, no, I'm going to see all genders. And it took him some time. I mean, like, it's like not just one conversation, right? It's like several conversations. It's, it's, oh, it's unending conversations. Conversations never stop. Well, I'm, I'm interested in this thing that you've just said about him thinking that you would only be sleeping with women. And, and is this because he thought, oh, well, she's getting needs that I can't meet, met? Yeah, he just didn't understand how it would make sense for whatever reason. It was just like, yeah, no, I'm going to see other people as well. It's just, it's a never ending conversation, right? Like, that's what, that's what I keep saying. It's like, you, we're still talking about like what limits we might, may or may not have, blah, 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 blah. But yeah, it took a while because he, he's straight or identifies as straight. And he was just like, oh, well, I'm not gay, so you can't see men. And I'm like, I don't understand how that applies at all because I am not seeing these men with you. He's like, but I'm not interested in men. I'm like, I don't care. I'm not seeing people with you. And I think that was the thing. It was just like, I had to keep saying that. Ah. And he finally understood. Because I think in his mind, he thought that we were going to date people together. Oh, God. That that would be exhausting. We're talking about exhausting things. I don't understand how thruples manage. Thruples or morples. <laughs> no, that's too much. But there's also just so many opportunities for little side conversations and things to happen whilst one person isn't there. And ugh. Sorry for anyone out there who's in a thruple. <laughs> hey, it works for some people. It just it does. It does. Yeah. Like I, I'm done with my three ways and and thrupling. It's more like I'm just gonna date who I want to date, even if it's a bunch of different people. But yeah, so is your WhatsApp always blowing up? Um, I oh oh I completely unre- not completely unrelated, but unrelated. Yesterday I went to. Several birthday parties because I'm very popular. Uh, but I was out at, on the beach for like this, like it was like a party, like DJs on the, like for someone else's birthday. And my ex-boyfriend was there. Ex-boyfriend was the guy that I was seeing like more recently. So like I was already married. My mm-hmm. husband had refused to see this guy. He refused to meet him. He's like, I don't want to meet any of your male partners. Was just being really weird about it. Uh, he didn't really want to meet any of my partners, period. But then okay. he was fine with the female ones eventually because he's like, oh, maybe this could be something that we could both date this person. But he didn't want to meet any of my male partners. And I was getting very frustrated because I was just like, I want to be able to like introduce you to the people. And like the boyfriend wanted to meet my husband, right? Uh-huh. When we ended up breaking up, 
because he decided to go the monogamous route. And uh, randomly, he was at this party outdoors yesterday, and he's like, hey, Rush, is that Jeremy? And then they became, like, the best of friends to the point where, at one point, they ran away together, literally into the sunset. And I was like, what's going on right now? You guys couldn't have met while I was dating the guy? So, I don't know. At this point now, I'm, like, considering asking him out again because he's single again. And... My husband knows who he is and seems to like the guy now. It was very strange, though. Well, and so how do you feel about meeting people that your husband's dating? I want to meet them. I want to know who these people are. Oh, really? Right? Yeah, I, I want to be know. friendly with them. I, I can find with inviting them over for dinner and being like, hey, let's all grab some grub, you know? <laughs> like, Yeah, you want to be friends with the, your metamors. It's bad if you're not friends because you never know... Wait, metamores, explain this to me. Oh, a metamore is your partner's partner. And why, what's, what does it mean, meta? It means your partner's oh. partner. <laughs> is meta partner? Oh, like the origin of the word? Oh, hold yeah, on a second, yeah. let me look it up for you. Sorry, I could just do this myself. Learn about polyamory. What is a metamore? Metamore is the term for a person who is the partner of your partner. That's literally what it says. Oh, <laughs> it's more as in, uh, more like... M-O-U-R, yeah. not M-O-R-E. So I don't know what the origin of it is. Oh, it it's just... meta Oh, meta-amor. Influenced by paramour. And what does meta mean? But yeah, what does meta mean? I thought it meant... Like one, I thought. Behind, later or subsequent in botany oh, and zoology. Okay. So they're later love. Having fewer molecules of water. <laughs> Who comes up with this? I just, I love that like someone just randomly came up with this one day and then told the internet and now the internet is like, yeah, okay. I mean, words are all made up. I know, I know. Every word like, ever. Yeah. I just love it. <laughs> so anyway, what? So we got, we went down a rabbit hole. We're doing that a lot. We are doing that a lot. Anyway, so I've asked lots of prime questions. Why don't we find out about Zeldas. Sure. So tell me about Zeldas. Why was that the space that you wanted to talk about today? Zeldas is the first place, the first queer place I ever went to. Oh, really? It is. I was underage and oh. I went, yeah, I was underage and I went and like drag queens bought me shots and I felt very loved and taken care of. And I went with my Boyfriend at the time, like I was in high school, like, you know, Aww. it was very sweet. They all said he looked like Justin Timberlake, which <laughs> I guess he did if Justin Timberlake had gum disease. Um, okay, so then let's go back to this time. So you are underage, still at high school. You're like, I'm going to go out to a club. Do you mm -hmm. remember why Zelda was the one chosen? No. Not at all. It was, well, you know what? It was more of a diner than a bar. Uh -huh. It's a diner with events. Very fun place in the in the neighborhood. Like, I, I, I think we just both felt like it would be an easier place to get into underage. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. Because of the food aspect. But, like, honestly, anywhere in the neighborhood, they don't really care unless they're serving you a bunch of alcohol, right? <laughs> and so Zelda's was, uh, was cute. And then they, they were having, like, legit, like, drag performances happening. And... I, I just, I have this memory of this dude who looked kind of like Brad Pitt in like just fishnet stockings and a boa and no top and high heels, like just looking absolutely fabulous. And 
the, everyone being so, so, so incredibly friendly. Probably because my partner did look like Justin Timberlake. But <laughs> <laughs> Until he smiled and then everyone... Ugh. Oh, and well, they can't see the gums. They see teeth and they seem... <laughs> they, they, the teeth seem fine, right? <laughs> His gums are inflamed, but no one knows. <laughs> and, and so talk me through the feelings. Like, what did it feel like to be in there on that very first night? Well, so the very first, it was an afternoon, really. It was during the day. Uh, but, like, my partner and I were very gothy, so I was wearing, like, a corset, and my tits mm. were, like, basically to my chin. Aww. So just being there, getting lots of compliments on that, lots of compliments on the boy, feeling very much like stars, because, like, there was no other hetero couple in the venue, right? Mm. Everyone else was very much gay. And so we did stand out, especially, like, being goth and hetero-presenting. How did it feel? I don't know how it felt other than like we really felt accepted and loved. Like it really, it was nice. People went out of the way to talk to us, you know? Oh, that's lovely. So just on this hetero presenting thing, mm -hmm. why would a seemingly heterosexual couple go to a queer space? I don't know why a hetero couple would go, I know I wanted to go because I know I'm not hetero. <laughs> okay, I think probably the question that I'm really asking here is how did you convince him to go with you? I mean, he knew I was bi. This guy was way more monogamous and did not want to have me, you know, explore, experience anything with a woman or, you know, any sort of not, like anyone who wasn't him, basically. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I think this was like one sort of avenue where I could go out and explore what queer culture might be while he was there feeling secure because he's there, you know? Ah, uh, okay. I mean, we're teenagers. What do yeah. we know? <laughs> but then did he feel more reticent in that space or did he just go with the flow? He seemed to go with the flow. He, he had a good time. I mean, honestly, who doesn't have a good time when you get a bunch of compliments from people? <laughs> yeah, so he wasn't acting anywhere like, you know, uh, off-put or homophobic in any sort of way. He was not a great partner for, for a lot of different reasons, but in this place, he was great. Hmm. So then what else happened on this first night? You got talking to a lot of people, compliments, yay. What happened next? I mean, it's not that exciting of a story on the first night. We just had shots and... I met Misconception, who is uh, who was touting herself as Toronto's premier drag queen at the time. Um, and I, you know, just learning like random things about the culture right off the top. I'm like, oh, so what's your real name? And she's like, that, honey, you don't ask that. And I'm like, oh, okay. Didn't know, you know. Ah. So like really quick, like lessons on like etiquette. <laughs> mm -hmm. But done in a very positive, non-offensive way. And it just made me want to go back more and more. And I think I did just to like eat and hang out. Couldn't really go to like the other events that people were doing around in the neighborhood, you know, not until I was of age. Mm. And, and so when you say that it was a diner, was it like an American style diner? Is that offensive e to say to a Canadian? I don't know. I don't think most <laughs> things offend us. <laughs> But, like, maybe an American-style diner is also a Canadian-style diner, but they get lumped in together. I think they're the same. Okay. I think they're the same. So it's like that kind of 50s feel. Yeah, except more kitschy, more updated because of, like, the fact that it's so bright and gay, you know? <laughs> mm -hmm. So it was, it was nice. Hmm. It's a great place to be 
kind of like a fly on the wall, but not necessarily because people are going to come find you and get you involved, which was really cool. I'm pretty sure if we had said we don't want to be talked to, like they would leave us alone. But it was pretty obvious that we were wide-eyed, very in awe of like being in uh, Oz, essentially. <laughs> oh, why Oz? Why do you describe it that way? Oz, because it was bright, beautiful, technicolor, new, fascinating, magical, possibly. And you squashed a queen with your house? Uh, no, no. I think that's a witch that got squashed, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then if we go back to this time in terms of who you were, you mm-hmm. were in this relationship with someone who wanted to be monogamous with you, but also was kind of supporting you to explore this side of you. Did mm-hmm. you then take steps beyond at Zelda's and go to other spaces? And like, how did you explore your queerness? Yeah, so I did. I did do that. But it's like, <laughs> I'm almost 40. Like, I'm 39 right now, so my memory's a little like, what did? where did I go? Um, oh, God, some lesbians straight up hate me. It's really funny, because they think I'm hitting on their partners when I'm just being friendly. Uh, which made me feel even more accepted. Do you know what I mean? Because I'm like, I'm seen as a threat now. That means I'm part of the group. Would you just, but, but, but. Okay, so we need to unpack this. I need to find out a bit more about this. Is it just that you don't understand the unwritten rules of the place, that you're just not supposed to be too friendly? Or is there a particular brand of rush friendliness? Okay, so let's let's backtrack a, a, a few more steps. My sister uh, is also queer, and mm. for a long time she identified as a lesbian. And she would bring her friends out. I remember on my 25th birthday party, her and her friends are like around 21. It's like this big to-do. There's like two bands, five DJs, a fucking spoken word poet for some reason. I thought it would be a good idea at the time, but now I'm like looking back, did not need the poet as much as he was my friend. So my sister and her pals get super drunk and I'm just like walking around like, you know, cause it's like, it's like the equivalent of having a wedding. You know what I mean? Like the party's big enough where you're going to tables, thanking people for coming and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I go over to my sister and her table and I just talk to her for a bit and I leave. And like uh, some of her friends are like, hey, who was that hot chick hitting on you? And she's like, that's my sister. That's just how she talks. So... If I talk to a guy at a bar, they are buying me drinks. And I'm like, thank you. Not realizing they think I am flirting with them super hard. And I am not. With girls, it's usually not a thing. Because like in most like traditional spaces, I think most women are just like trying to figure out if the person is queer and hitting on them or not. And they're like, maybe de facto, oh, she's just friendly. Mm-hmm. But in a queer space, this turns into, oh, yeah, I'm hitting on everyone. Even though I'm literally just saying hi. Like, it's like the way I talk to people. I don't know. I have giant eyes and I smile a lot. And, you know, I like lean in to talk to people. I don't know. I don't know what it is. <laughs> but it gets you with a lot of free drinks by the sounds of it. So, like, maybe don't question it. Oh, I haven't been sober in like 20 years plus. <laughs> <laughs> and you said earlier that that made you feel more accepted in the queer scene when people took umbrage at the fact that you were hitting on their girlfriends even though you weren't hitting on their girlfriends. What do you mean by that? Well, it's like, you know, as someone who is pansexual, bisexual, and experiences a lot of, let's say, biphobia because people don't believe that you're queer or queer enough or that you're just putting it on to impress dudes even though there are no dudes around. Mm. It's um, one of those things where like, hey, if they're getting mad at me for talking to their partner, that means they see me as a queer enough threat. Meaning they see me as queer, right? (laughs) Well, have you ever gotten into fisticuffs? 
Um, no, but almost. <gasps> tell me. But no, but no. No, there's nothing to tell. It's just oh more God. like you can tell people get angry and, you know, whatever. <laughs> like, I don't think anyone's going to get into, like, a fist fight at a queer place. Really? It'll be outside. Hey, I, I could be wrong, but, like, I've never seen it. <laughs> can we talk about biphobia? Sure. You can talk about whatever you like. How have you experienced biphobia? Um, I mean, it hasn't been direct, really. Mm -hmm. Like, it, it's, hmm, how do I explain this? It's not around as much now. It's just like this, the, the concept of bi people not existing was really prevalent in the early aughts. Not as much now. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking like 20 years back and it's all like a drunken blur. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. <laughs> but like you can be like, oh, I'm bi. It's like, sure, every girl is bi. And it's like, no, not, you know. And I also didn't. No, I was like, I have the language to say that I'm like non-binary back then also. Mm -hmm. But the fact is like, yeah, all women say that they're bi, but none of them are. They're all straight. They're just doing it to play, to get like attention. All men who say they're bi are not. They're just gay and they're pretending. It's like the step before. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, that's a pretty bland sort of explanation, but... But so you've experienced it in the way that people would minimize your identity and just be like pff, pff, pff. yeah nah you're not that okay for sure or just like having like if you're in a relationship with a woman just having them not uh really trust you oh, right because yeah. they're like oh i just assume that you're gonna run off with a dude given the chance and it's like that's kind of fucked up yeah. But, you know, I was a cheater, so I guess they were right. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Just assuming that based on your sexual orientation, you are incapable of being a good partner. My whole thing was, like, I don't know why they're treating a different gender as something completely different. Like, what if, like, do you worry about me being around people of different races because you're a different race and that I might be attracted to other people of different races as well? Why? Do you get what I'm saying? Like, it's like... It's like, no, but that's considered racist. It's like, of course it's racist. Then why isn't this, like, biphobic? Yeah. It's a bunch of prejudices that shouldn't be justified. IMO. Yeah. And, and, and like, I'm going to be really cheesy when I say this. It should be about hearts, not parts. But... Um, yeah, baby! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. People are just weird. If there's some kind of, like, reason to be jealous, people can find it. It's true. That's why being poly is so helpful. <laughs> <laughs> but is it? Like, there's not, hmm, what am I asking? There's not like an extra layer of trust there just because you're poly. No, no. And if you're very easily made jealous, then you should not be polyamorous. Yeah. Or in a relationship, really. You shouldn't be alive. No, that's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> We don't endorse all of Russia's views on this show just by... <laughs> no, all of my views are yours. Uh, you're in trouble now. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, it, it makes it so that because you speak, you're, you're in so many conversations all the time, right? Uh -huh. You're having conversations fucking constantly around jealousy and things like that. Like, like you can deal with jealousy better, you know? I personally don't get jealous of, like, people unless my partner has done something to make me feel less than. And then that's a conversation with my partner, right? Mm -hmm. But these constant conversations that you seem to be fatigued by, is it like... Oh, they're so tiring. But I'm also a comedian, so, you know, I'm being hyperbolic, right? 
<laughs> but like, is that just talking about feelings or is it talking about facts? It's uh, everything. It's scheduling. Feelings, facts, and then just like going through deeper conversations about what's going on, uh, you know, mm-hmm. taking the temperature of the room. And how often are you taking the temperature of the room? As much as we need to. I mean, like, I live with my husband, so we're going to have, like, when we go to bed together, we feel like we need to talk about something, we'll talk about it. Oh, okay. Like, oh, hey, something really strange happened. I went on a what I thought was, like, a comedy meet meeting with another, like, creator, and he thought it was a date, you know? That's not really, like, a jealousy conversation. That's just a conversation of what happened during the day. Like, it's going to organically happen. It's not like we're, like, sitting here and having, like, a chart of things that we need to go through, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? But have you ever been in a position where you've had to have, like, three heart-to-hearts in a, a day with different people? No. Thank fuck. Oh, that's that would have been too hard. Woof, <laughs> woof, that would be difficult, yeah. I'd be cancelling dates. I've got a migraine, sorry. Um, I'm also not having three dates in a day. That's too many. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Even like breakfast, brunch, afternoon, and then get home for a nap. Look how expensive that is, firstly. <laughs> I'm very frugal, yeah. okay? So if I'm going to have to like do all these dates. Well, you told me at the beginning of this conversation that you could just watch Netflix and chill. Yeah, but the thing is, I can't do that with three different people in a day. Like, come on, I like being relaxed too. I'm spreading people out, you know? Like, every day is a different person, sure. Ooh, every day, that seems Not anymore, and this is like a long time ago, remember? Okay, 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 sorry. I'm just thinking about how exhausted I would be. It's nothing to do with me. And so, it's elders. Mm. I know this whole podcast is about lost spaces, but I don't really have much to say other than it was like a very pivotal time, you know? Like, I was, I was 18. I say teenager, but I was technically 18. Like, in one more year, I could drink legally. And my boyfriend wasn't a t- teenager at the time. He was 20. But it was just a place that, like, had a really great spot in my heart. And when he and I broke up, I came back again. And when my sister became of age to drink at bars, I brought her there as well. And, yeah, I brought various different people to introduce them to the place. And then... Uh, And so what happened for you with this boyfriend? Was it like one of those not-long-for-the-world type relationships? I mean, he was very controlling in a lot of other aspects and kind of, like, emotionally abusive. And it was, like, teetering on to who's going to get physically abusive. Not a great relationship. (sighs) He also, like, was pretty racist, even though he was dating me. Like, it was one of those things where I was, like, white enough. But, like, he didn't like me talking about, like, if I had kids, I'd teach them, like, Bengali and, like, you know, kind of raise them within, like, the... Like, you know, this kind of the same way I was raised, you know, culturally. Have them, like, know about their background. And he was like, no, my kids are going to be raised white. I'm like, I am not saying I'm even having kids with you, buddy. And how do you raise someone white? Like, how does that even make it? Like, what? Anyway, he's out there looking like a balding Justin Timberlake somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Wait, hang on. Okay, so then when you broke up, Mm -hmm. was that you, like, unleashed and then you got to explore the scene more? I didn't just explore one scene. I explored a bunch of things kind of simultaneously. Mm -hmm. But I did sort of explode onto the world. Yeah. I mean, when you're, like, raised in sort of, like, a not strict, but a Muslim upbringing, right? Mm-hmm. Very kind of, like, sheltered in a way. Couldn't even go out to, like, watch the movies with your friends, really. 
and then you date someone who is very controlling right after you're sort of like supposedly free and he controls you for about a year and a half, mm -hmm. you kind of just like explode onto the universe. Yeah, so I was, uh, I started going to raves mm -hmm. and that's when I became like a raver by identity, you know? Um, I was going to a lot of rock and punk shows. I was hooking up with a lot of musicians and actors and just anybody really, and a lot of ravers. And so a lot of ravers are queer as well. Right, so it's not even technically supposedly a queer scene, but I was doing happy hardcore raves where like a lot of queers are drawn to. Mm -hmm. That's sort of like how I explored. But then every once in a while, they're like, "Hey, do you want to go do something more normcore?" And the normcore would have been the closest to normcore that I was allowing myself to do was going to Zelda's. <laughs> <laughs> so, so why don't we end then? Okay, with something a bit cheesy. Okay. Well, I say a bit like super, super cheesy. Okay. If you were given the opportunity to give that 18-year-old or t the teenage you that went to that space a piece of advice, mm. Mm. would you, well, first of all, would you take up that opportunity? And if you were to, what would you say? I always pee after sex. Oh. <laughs> Why is that? To prevent UTIs? Absolutely. Oh. They never show that in the movies after the fuck scene. They just all cuddle and like sleep. And it's like, no, 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 you're gonna have a problem peeing. What, you need to do it immediately? You gotta do it immediately. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, were you looking for something a bit more sweet? Cause I don't have that, that I can think of right now. <laughs> no, no, I mean, if she needs to know that, then you need to tell her. <laughs> do you have any memories of Zelda's? Or maybe clubbing from your own scene that you want to share? Well, if you do, I would love to hear all about it, so why not get in touch? I want to create the biggest online record of people's memories and stories of queer clubbing, but I need your help. Go to lostspacespodcast.com, find the section Share a Lost Space, and then tell me all about what it is you got up to. You can also reach out to me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. No, not Twitter. Don't go, don't go finding me there. Find me on Instagram and Facebook where my handle is Lost Spaces Pod. Find out more about Rush by visiting their website, rushkazi.com, or following them on Instagram at rushkazi or on Facebook where it is at Rushzilla Comedy. Rushzilla, get it? If you like this episode, I would really appreciate if you took the time to subscribe, leave a review on your podcast platform of choice, or just tell other people who you think might get a little kick out of these stories. My name is Kay Anderson, and you are listening to Lost Spaces Podcast. <laughs>